Hello, good afternoon, guys. Welcome to MK Queen's Brokerage on the Road podcast. My name is Mohammed, and I will be your host for this podcast. So, this is my very first podcast. I'm kind of excited for this podcast. Um, a little bit about this podcast, what I'm be talking about. Um, I'm going to cover over a lot of different topics. We'll talk about how to do certain things, like, for example, how to apply for a passport in New York City, how to apply for a commercial driving license in New York State, how to become a CERT member, how to join the auxiliary police officer program in New York City. I will be going over so many different topics as educational topic, informational topics, that a lot of people might be interested to listen. So, and we'll also have different type of uh, guest speakers as well in the near future. But as of now, I'm just going to go over certain topics and we'll have guest speakers and we'll be, obviously, people wanted me to talk about certain things. Like, let's say, for example, if you want to, if you're interested in getting a, a tow truck license or if you're interested in getting, becoming a substitute teacher or anything else you guys want to know, I have the knowledge and information and I'm ready to share my world where a lot of times people have difficult times getting the information online or from even from different people because a lot of times people won't give you the direct information. They'll tell you this, 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 and they don't really tell you. My podcast, I will try my best to give you guys the direct information and to make you guys go to the uh, correct path. Um, uh, a little bit about myself before I begin my very first podcast. Um, I was born in Brooklyn. Uh, you could say I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I've worked in a variety of different fields. Uh, I worked in an educational field. I worked in, um, you know, technological field and emergency management. I volunteered with different agencies. I volunteered with Crisis Text Line um, agency. I volunteered with Google Local Guides, with Waze Map Editing. I've done a lot of different things in my career. So I've, I'm ready to share my wealth, my knowledge with everyone else that needs my wealth and knowledge and information. So that's basically I'm going to try my best to help out anyone that needs help. Um, I have a bachelor's in education and I have a bachelor's in children and youth studies. I also have my uh, cert- teaching certifications with uh, TOEFL preparation and business management as well. I am licensed with uh, uh, TEFL and TESOL teacher by the New York State. So I have a lot of certifications as well besides my my work experience. Um, so basically, that's where my topic is going to be about different things. Um, so for today, the first podcast in this today's uh, special episode, I'm going to talk about how to become the auxiliary police officer in New York State. Now, a lot of times people have questions. You know what? What do I do to become an auxiliary? A lot of times people don't know. You know, like when I want to become an auxiliary police officer, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I had a tough of a time because I getting this information. Like I, I first of all, I never even seen an auxiliary. I didn't know what they were, and I had a, such a hard time that I, I, I didn't even know what to do. You know, like, you'll see a lot of times when you go on the internet, they don't really tell you what's the first step. How do you know? Like, I'm like, okay, this is what you do, but how do I join? And then I'm going back like eight, nine years ago where it was a little bit, it wasn't, it wasn't that well known with the auxiliary police program. Like, it was known, but it wasn't that, like, you know, the, the, the social media aspect wasn't that much at that time, like how it is today. But I had a hard time getting that information. And uh, one day, I, from bits and pieces from getting from other information, Somebody mentioned the first step you need to do is just go to the local precinct and asking for the auxiliary coordinator. I, I was so surprised about that matter. I'm like, really? Is that what we're supposed to do? Just go in the precinct and ask for the auxiliary coordinator? And I was baffled because I thought I had to go through a little, like whole process and you know, like getting a referral or something. And that's the first step you need to do. Just go to the local precinct. And one precinct doesn't give you the right answer. There's so many other precincts that you can always go back to. 
That's never the problem. Like, one person might not have the information. The cop might not give you the correct information because you have to go through a cop first at the front precinct. They might not even know about it. Some cops don't even know about it. And not unless until they were one, one, either they have a family member that's on the job or they have some experience with auxiliary or whatever the case is. A lot of times they don't know. So keep that in mind. Um, um, that's the first step. So I went into the pre local precinct. I went inside and I said to myself, you know what? I want to become an auxiliary police officer. They said, hold on a minute. I came, and I met the coordinator the same day. And I was interested. I, he explained to me, what can you do to help out the auxiliary police program? I said, you know what? I have a wealth of knowledge. I've had, uh, you know, experience with different things, different type of things, such as, you know, working in the food industry, working with the, with the school industry. So I've had, you know, they ask you because you wanna, they want to see if you're going to be good with the community because the auxiliary police program is all about the community, which I'll talk about later in the podcast. So... They asked me these questions. I, you know, I, obviously it was like it was like an interview the same day. Um, then he said, "Come back again. You have to do a medical, and you have to get more information. You have to get your copy of your license and everything." I came back again with an appointment with him. Obviously, I did my gave him my copy of my license. I did my medical. You give it to them. He says, "Okay, he'll let you know when the classes will start." Now, the classes sometimes you can get in, sometimes you can't get in. It depends on how many people they're asking. Like, it, your coordinator job is to get more and more people in the class. The more auxiliaries there are, the better it is. Uh, that's, how, that's how they see it as. So the coordinator wanted to do that. So we were, they, you, everything's okay with his part. He'll put you, before you go into the class, we have to go to a final step interview. Your final step interview is like an a interview one-on-one -on -one with different type of brass meaning that you'll be talking to chiefs, you'll be talking to captains, and they interview you. They ask you, what, you know, what, how can you help out the community? It's a volunteer position to keep this in mind. You don't get paid for this position, which I'll talk about later as well in the podcast. But this is, you're not getting paid at all. Your job is to basically be the eyes and ears of the police officer. But going back to the story, you go in, you meet the brass, they ask you questions like, how can you help out the community? What can you do to make a difference? How can you, uh, you know, ask of yourself to help out the department, the NYPD? And you just have to answer those questions, a couple of questions. Once you pass those couple of questions, you answer them correctly, they'll tell you, okay, this is what you do. You're, you will come back again for notification for the classes. But if they'll, if they'll like you, they'll accept you right then and there. You'll know when you get accepted. Obviously, the re one of the one of the first signs is thank you for your time. You know, I appreciate for you guys for you to be joined the NYPD. When you go for an interview, this is a common step interview thing people do. They'll ask you, would you use your shield and ID to get on a speeding ticket? Obviously, the answer said no. I respect the badge. I respect the ID. I respect the department. My, I will not use my power of authority to disobey any type of. Uh, any type of, you know, law enforcement, uh, any type of penal law uh, or traffic law violations. You will not do that. So you have to let them know that you're not getting, you're not becoming an auxiliary police officer to get out of tickets. Keep that in mind. A lot of people make mistakes, even though they're, they're unintentional. They tell them, oh, you know, I don't want to get a ticket. You're not supposed to even say that. You just tell them, listen, you know, my job is to uphold the law, uphold the New York State Constitution. My job is to basically protect the, the department and protect the people and not abusing the power. It's, it's not right to abuse the power. That's basically it. That's the interview question that I took when I was becoming an auxiliary. Keep that in mind. It does change from time to time. So what I'm giving advice might have changed. 
always it's best practice to ask current people that are already in if you know somebody obviously and ask around to see if they're able to give you some insights on what what type of questions and what type of interview questions they have and obviously you're always supposed to wear a business attire this is a step interview a lot of people are going to be wearing a business attire don't be like some people that wear flip-flops and sandals and just go to the interview. That's not right. They're, that You create a bad impression on you. Because if you go for a regular job interview, you will not do that. Why would you do this? It's especially if you just done all that process and just go in and stand that's, that's not right. Once you finish with the process, you finish with this process, what they'll do is they'll send you uh, home. You go home, you finish every the interview process, they're going to tell you, okay, now what they're going to do is they're going to give you uh, a class date. Your coordinator will reach out to you, tell you, okay, you know what, this is the class date. This is what you have to do. Do it. You go to classes, depending on which borough. Obviously, New York City has five boroughs. Other states have towns and counties. Their auxiliary police program is a little bit different. So you have to follow your town and counties the way it works. My specific experience is from New York City, so I'm going to talk from New York City's perspective. Now, when you become, when you finish the the uh, the interview when you get notified by the classes the classes you'll have to do either twice a week or once a week depending on which borough you're in you're taking these classes and you're basically uh, learning about the program you know you'll learn about how to uh, you know you like, you'll learn about how to you know basically uh, what's your role as an auxiliary police officer should I say how to use the penal law and what you do in certain situations, you'll learn about a lot of different things, which is pretty good. You'll learn about the law. Let's put it like that. You'll, learn, you'll really, really learn about the law because they teach you a lot of stuff. They teach you about domestic violence. They teach you about certain cases. And it's a good, good learning experience. To be honest with you guys, for those of you that have not volunteered, I highly recommend volunteering with them because you learn a lot, to be honest with you. And the, the instructors are excellent. Um, well, my instructors were excellent, should I say I'm not sure other boroughs how it is, but my instructors were were very, very, you know, they were they were gentlemen. They were really nice. You know, they took their time explaining to me the process, us, should I say, the whole process. You know, because we were all in one classroom. It was a lot of people in the classroom. So when you go for the classes, the classes are either 14 weeks or 16 weeks. They keep changing the weeks because they have a lot of items to add in the curriculum, so they'll do it. Um, you know, they'll probably end up going more and more ahead. So, like, they might be 18 weeks now. It depends. Um, so, again, the classes talk about New York State law. It's going to teach you about New York State law. It's going to teach you about New York State uh, guidelines, how the guidelines are, how everything is, basically. You'll learn about the guidelines. You'll learn about everything else that you're supposed to learn about. It's it's pretty good. The, the, the classes are very uh, top-notch. And there's going to be two or three instructors. They will drill you with paramilitary style training. So you'll be trained for the paramilitary style. You'll learn how to do, uh, you know, left phase, right phase, about phase, uh, forward march, like a military style. So, but it's a paramilitary style. Full military is paramilitary training. They're teaching you about the paramilitary training lifestyle of, in, in the department, which is very good. You'll learn about different different things, different tactics. Uh, they'll teach you how to use your baton. They'll teach you how to use handcuff training. They'll teach you how to how to even uh, have to have a hand-to-hand combat, So, which is pretty, pretty good. They'll teach you a lot of different things, which I'm very, very, you know, honored to learn from the department. But these are some of the, some of the things that they teach you. Um, uh, what else? Um, Badaji's classes, the uniform. Now, the uniform, um, I, will, I will always recommend 
asking uh, before you do anything. But I was when I did it, I wore a white shirt, a black tie, black pants, black shoes, and black socks. Uh, overcoat could have been anything. Uh, same goes for the uh, ladies. It's the same exact thing. Uh, the only difference is uh, I don't think some ladies are even supposed to wear skirts, if I'm correct. Like, you know how some ladies have those, uh, like, business uh, skirt type? Um, they're not supposed to be wearing that. I think it's going to be all pants. So, uh, like I said, the, what, what, I did, what I did was some time ago, it's probably not be the same as right, right now. Again, check with the coordinator before you uh, buy any of these items because that's what I did. I heard recently, not sure, they were not even putting uniforms on anymore. So, again, double-check with whoever you're going to be with and see what they say. So, that was the first part. Um, once you uh, once you uh, go to classes, learning about the laws, learning about the rules of regulation, learning about the penal law and everything, once you pass the test, now there's a test. Keep that in mind. A lot of people don't realize that there is a test that you have to take. The test is 50 questions that I remember so far. You needed 35 to pass, meaning that you, could, you can't get more than 35 questions wrong, if I'm correct, because 70% is passing grade. So if I make a mistake in the mathematic, obviously correct me, but you need 70% to pass within 50 questions. So I'm guessing it's like you have to get 35 questions right. I'm guessing. I'm not sure. I mean, correct me on that if that's the case then. But that, you need 70% to pass within 50 questions. Now, what they'll, it's not like they're just going to tell you go take the test. You will, you will be given quizzes during the class. You will be given quizzes, and you will be given, uh, uh, you know, like uh, like practice tests and everything. So you won't be just thrown out and go take the test. The test is not that difficult. If you learn the uh, the, the the right way, you're going to pass the exam if you learn it the right way. The right way is, like, you have everything, like, you know, like you're studying, you're paying attention to the exams, paying attention to the classes. You know, you do that way, you will pass. I promise you. It's not that difficult. Once you do that part, you take the exam and everything, when you pass, you should be okay. You should be able to pass the test and then go into the department, the precinct. Now, the precincts, I should say, you choose before. The time you go in and put in the application, that's the precinct that you want to join. Don't make mistakes where you're thinking that you're going to go to a different precinct like regular police officers do. Regular police officers are in a different standard, different category. As an auxiliary police officer, you're the eyes and ears, which I was mentioning before, meaning that you're basically, if you see something, say something. That's how it is. Like If you see, it, if there is a crime, you let the police officers know. You are a cook for the radio. So basically, that's what they're trying to say. Like, if you see something, let them know, let police officers know. Obviously, you will be trained to how to use the radio, so um, highly recommend, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, learning to use a radio. And how do you become better? By keep on using it. If you have to use it for certain things, use it, but you'll become better if you keep using the radio. Now, that's the first part. You'll, 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 you know, you'll be... From the precinct that you joined, that's where the precinct that you'll be sent into. So keep that in mind. If you don't want to work in the precinct, you don't have to join from that precinct. Go somewhere else. Keep That's very, very important. My my personal experience is don't go somewhere far. If you're going to be a police officer, I mean, if you're going to be an auxiliary police officer, or even one of the police officers, too, common sense, if you don't want to go far away from your, from your precinct, like from where you live, I recommend, like, having a precinct that you live close by. Like, listen, that's how it is. Like, you know, it's a big difference. Like, if you want to, if you really want to work in a precinct that you, you, you want to work with, they're like, it's fine. That's not a problem. Just do it. Like, you know, that makes that makes sense. Just keep, just do that part. 
personally speaking, to be honest with you, because, you know, that's what you want to do. Don't be the person that you live in, you know, because you're volunteering. You know, police officers are getting paid. You don't get paid. So for police officers, it makes sense. They could go to Brooklyn, they could live in Brooklyn, work in Queens. You're volunteering. You have to spend a certain amount of hours every every month in order for you to be active. Now, if you're going to be living in Brooklyn and working in Queens, you have to look at this, that you're using your gas money, you're using your time, and using, you know, you're going back and forth. So I want you to keep those things in mind. If that's what you want to do, obviously it's fine. If not, I'm telling you right now, pick precinct that's the most close to you. You know, if you don't want to work in the precinct you live, that's fine by me. A lot of people don't want to do that. It's understandable. But if you want to work in the precinct that is like kind of like um, what you call, like, you know, like let's say, for example, you live in, in your area and you want to work somewhere a little bit far away but not that far from you, but it's another precinct, yes, you could do that. It's fine. It's not a problem. Speak to their coordinator and join there. Let's say, for example, you already are in a precinct and you don't like it. You ha- you ha- you're on a probation for a year. Yes, you are volunteering. You are volunteered. Yes, you will be on probation. For those people that are having those questions in their head, you will be on probation. Why is that? Because they want to. Because you are volunteering. You are using the NYPD's uniform. You are using the logo. You have the shield. You have the ID. So they want to make sure that you don't abuse the power. And whatever the case is, whatever makes uh, makes uh, sense in their minds. So basically, that's what they want you to do. They don't want you to abuse the the power. Hence, why you have those things. Keep that in mind. Now, once you once you deal with this part, once you're done, then that's it. Simple as that. You graduate, you will go to the precincts, you'll patrol. That's it. You will have a graduation ceremony. You will be you will be you will be giving a diploma. Yes, you will be given a diploma. You will have the opportunity to shake the hand for the police department commissioner. Police officers do not have that opportunity. Keep that in mind. As an auxiliary police officer, you will have the opportunity to shake the commissioner's hand. That is something saying very, that's, that's a lot of things. Because police officers are like 500, 600. You're going to be like about 100, 200 auxiliary police officers volunteering that's taking the time out to help out the community. That's saying a lot. So the commissioner actually comes down and actually shakes your hand and congratulates you. Congratulations. That's, that's something, that's something, they're saying something a lot. So keep that in mind. Um, um, once you deal with that part, you're usually done. Uh, you can work in your precincts. Um, the hours uh, you have to do is 144 hours a year. That's the hours you have to do. 144 hours a year. That's the hourly you have to do. So it comes out four months a month, uh, four hours a month. And uh, no, actually no, I'm sorry, four hours every week. So yeah, so 12 hours a month. That's how they do it. So 12 hours a month makes about 144 hours a year. So if you want to do more hours, obviously it's fine. Let's say for example, you become so busy you can't do it. They'll let you go for 20, 30 hours. That's not a problem. But you can't be, like, having, like, 20 hours a year, and, you know, they expect that for them to keep you. They can take the irons back from you. That's very important. You know, they might ask you, like, give us the shield and ID back if you're not able to patrol or whatever the case is. So if worse comes to worse, if you can't do it, then obviously it's fine. They, you could always uh, give the irons back to them. Or if you have an issue with whatever the case is, you can always surrender your shield and ID, and that's that for that part. Um, what else, what else, I mean, I've covered most part for the auxiliary police program, hopefully I covered everything, guys, um, if you guys have any other questions, comments, concerns, about, obviously, about the auxiliary police program or anything else related, uh, please let me know, 
I'll try my best to help you out as much as possible or to clarify any confusion you guys have. Um, like I said, I have four years of experience. I don't know if I'd mentioned that before. I'm a volunteer with four years of the Nagaluri Police Program. Um, they'll, you know, like I have some experience, so I know what I'm saying and what I'm doing because I've had that experience. Uh, but if you guys are, you know, really interested in doing it, I can always clarify any confusion any person has, and I'm always there for you. Um, thanks again, guys, for listening to this podcast. This was my very first podcast. I was really excited. I wanted to share my story and share my um, information about becoming an auxiliary police officer. Hopefully, I covered most part of it. If not, I apologize. I will answer you questions. Uh, I will answer questions when the comments section that I'll make. If the if this podcast has, I'll try to put it up. And uh, if you guys have any questions, obviously, let me know. Also, I have, if just in case, if you're not able to contact me from this podcast by my, the comment section or whatever the case is because this is my first time using this podcast, you could always follow my links on, you could always follow my YouTube channel, the MK Communities Brokerage, and on my daily motion channel as well, MK Communities Brokerage, and also Facebook. So you could always reach me from there, and I'll try my best to help you guys out from there as well. Thank you again, guys, very, very much for listening to this podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Thank you.